In the morning, my friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, how are you today? Welcome once again to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast dedicated to the diligent study and reading of God's Word. When you listen to this podcast, when you share this program with others, we join together in spreading God's message of peace and salvation. It's such an honor for me and a pleasure to be a part of it. Thank you from the bottom of my soul. This is the Sunday edition of the podcast, and we'll be featuring a sermon from Timothy Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota today. Pastor Allard will deliver a meditation on 1 John chapter 3, verses 1-3. through 3. It's titled, Be What You Are. May God bless our time together today, now as we gather around His words. The best stuff on earth, otherwise known as the Word of God before us today, comes to us from 1 John chapter 3. We read just verses 1, 2, and 3. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So far the word. Please be seated. I remember the day Jesus called me. I was just a fisherman. That's all I was. Mending my nets by the Sea of Galilee, and he looked at me. And it seemed like the entire universe was in those eyes. And it was the beginning of a journey that would change my life. I am not exaggerating when I say this to you. And from the very first moments, I was captivated by his teachings. His words were like nothing I had ever heard before. And his love, his wisdom, seemed to flow effortlessly from his lips. And the miracles that I witnessed defied all laws of nature. The things I saw people, I saw him give people who had never seen anything in their life and suddenly perfect vision. I saw him heal sicknesses. He brought back the dead. And each moment spent in his presence was like heaven itself. But it wasn't just the miracles that left an indelible mark on my soul. No, it was the intimacy. That's the word. The intimacy of our conversations. The depth of his love for us and the strength of his character. I have to say this, he would not budge from the truth. Even if that truth hurt, he wouldn't budge. And so he taught us to love one another as he had loved us, to forgive, yes, 
but to give us in the same breath the reason to hate our own sins, even our favorite sins. And yes, to have faith in the darkest of times. So, dear children of God, be what you are. Embrace your identity as glorious heirs of God. Identity. It's a hot topic nowadays, isn't it? Identity is important, especially in the context of the words that John spoke just in the couple of chapters before this. And I'm going to very tightly summarize it. He speaks of the Antichrist. Yes, the Antichrist, which we'll not go into in the sermon. That's for another time. He also speaks of the Antichrist, anybody who with an air of religiosity and even invoking the name of Christ, lie in the name of Christ. And then he says, but you be in the world, but not of it. So in such crazy times when people sounding, looking exactly like what you think a Christian would, and yet they are lying, it's important to know who you are. It's important. But I'm going to make a point here. Even though, as we said a few weeks ago, knowing who you are is important. How do you get a job if you don't know who you are? How do you find a prospective mate if you don't know who you are? How do you appreciate the uniqueness that you are, that God put in you, your unique personality? But I'm still going to make this statement. It's okay if you never really know who you are. To know the Father, but to know His Son, that is what our life is all about. So if you never really get to the bottom of who you are, it's going to be okay as long as you know your Father and who the Christ is. Knowing who you belong to, it matters. My goodness, you can take the simplest of examples. A pet. You go to get and adopt a, a dog. You go to the pound and you go to the glass wall and those dogs are just going nuts and they're going up against the glass they're like please please let me be the one and if you select them and you bring them home and you're all happy and squishy and cute together and you know how it is you know how it is pets understand how beautiful it is to belong we humans how much more have this desire to belong but the world the world didn't even recognize this heavenly father and his son when he came. But it was worse than that. Allow me to quote from the same author, God speaking through the same author in his gospel, John chapter 1. He, Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. The world didn't know Jesus, didn't know the real heavenly family. The Jews themselves, the fellow Jews of Jesus, did not know Jesus. But you do. That's your identity. You belong to the Father and his Son. Now, are you not really feeling the family bond at this time? 
this bond that you have with your Heavenly Father? Well, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be times in life where we're not feeling anything. In fact, it may just feel horrible to belong to that family. Let me give you an example. Through the life of the same exact author, but spoken of through the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy the Samaritan village? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. They wanted to be all like Thor and call down lightning from heaven. But of course, for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ, for the honor of God, right? They would say. Were they feeling the love of the Heavenly Father or His Son when Jesus rebuked them? So it will be with us. Through dumb, fellow, broken sinners, yes, but so it will be with us that our Heaven Father says things to us that don't feel loving. But He did love John. And He does love us. We are loved. We are children of God. Listen to what our lesson says and note the tense of the verb. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So, dear children of God, manifest your identity. Identity that is so powerful that it supersedes any political or national identity. In other words, if your nation or your political identity conflicts with God, God trumps that every time. That. As we think about things like this, an identity that's that powerful, notice what else this identity does. The result. We will be like Jesus, for we shall see him as he is. There are so many examples from Scripture that teach us that this cannot be. And we know in a primal way, without any relationship to Jesus Christ, if we'd never heard of Jesus, that there's something broken about us in our world and that we're not ready to die. We're not ready. But once God brings his word to us, then we know specifically what the problem is. And there was a man named Manoah who knew that problem. Not Noah, Manoah. And God appeared to his wife first, and then to him, Manoah, and he says, you are going to have, your wife is going to give birth to a son who is going to save the Israelites from the Philistines, and his name will be Samson. And once Manoah realized that it was God himself who appeared to him, he freaked out. And he cried out to God, to his wife, we're going to die, we've seen the face of God. And his wife said, and I'm paraphrasing, honey, if God wanted to kill us, he would have done it already. And he accepted our sacrifice to him, and he told us a few months from now, I'm going to have a child, and his name is Samson. To see God. The very same author, John, says, God is light. And you know how it is when you turn on a light in the morning, an electrical light? It's very useful. It's very beneficial. So it is as how we see God now. We see him through the pages of scripture. We see him through the lyrics of God's word put to music. But we're going to step into the sun.
The day is going to come when you finally step out into the sun and you are going to actually be able to look at the sun. The son of God. This is what your identity is leading to. Stepping into the sun and seeing God as he is. So anticipate that. Whatever you want to call it, anticipate this ultimate transformation. What does God say? He says at the very end of our lesson, all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Pure you right now. We understand if you want to get all theological and accurate on this, this is the guilt of our sins that God has lifted off of us. The rest of our sin, original sin, our sinful actions, it's all still there until we die. But already, as children of God, God has purified us and taken the debt of guilt off of us. So that means, see yourself as God sees you. You have self-worth right now, and it's not based on a daily scale. What kind of husband were you just this morning? And yes, wife as well, you could say that. What kind of scholar were you this week for your studies? What kind of worker or boss were you? You could apply any of these questions, and I'm going to tell you, no matter how you might assess it. It might have been the worst in your assessment the week you've ever had. This might have been the worst morning you've ever had. Or you may have knocked it out of the park. In your eyes, your self-worth is not based on a daily scale. Good pastor. So I can be a monster to my fellow human beings since my value just goes on and on because of Christ. Is that a fair application to draw from the fact that God has made you pure right now? No. Having the purity of a God right now, now be pure. But pastor, it's going to be so imperfect and shot through with sin, my, my individual choices and actions that I make from day to day. Yeah, no kidding. Welcome to the club. I'm part of it too. But having the purity of God himself be pure. Even in your imperfect way today, let people see the purity of God, the very nature of God in you. John knew this is how it is. John knew that there was a reason that, that Jesus called him and his brother Boanerges, right? The sons of thunder. Probably because of what they wanted to do to every last child and woman and man in that Samaritan village. John knew there was a reason why he wrote down the disciple who Jesus loved. That's how always John talked about himself. Not because John was somehow superior to us in the faith, but because John knew who he was. And yet somehow, Jesus had still loved him. John remembered. And if John was standing here right now and he was doing the preaching instead, he could say, I remember, dear people, the Last Supper, when he washed our feet. And the heaviness in his voice as he spoke of betrayal, 
of the sacrifice that was coming. And I stood at the foot of that cross watching his agony and my heart shattered, knowing I could do nothing. And then, miracle of miracles, I saw him again, alive. And my faith was solidified, not perfect, dear people, but made more powerful. And after his ascension, I continued to spread his very same message of love and redemption, writing of his teachings and his life in the gospel, in the letters, like this very letter before you today, and the book of Revelation. My time with Jesus was an awakening. Some might say a shocking awakening, but a spiritual awakening nonetheless. And I was transformed from a mere fisherman to a man who desired to go to the very ends of the earth for him. Now remember, dear fellow brothers and sisters of Timothy, remember, John was just a sinner who was also loved. Just like this preacher, just like the rest of us sitting here today listening to this sermon. But all of us together are children of God. So, children of God. I don't know, maybe this is a crazy idea, but be what you are. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church, Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity